Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, let's react to this one. John Dickinson with you here as the Warriors lose their opener to this five-game road trip, 120-113 to in overtime as the Hornets come back. They beat the Warriors, outscoring the Dubs 13-6 to in the extra session. So the Warriors now sit at 3-3 three and three on the young season. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. And uh, make no mistake, this is a brutal, brutal beginning to a five-game road trip for the Warriors and especially a five-game road trip where the Warriors, in all likelihood, Steve Kerr didn't confirm it post-game, but in all likelihood, they're looking to get some rest for the regulars on some of the back-to-backs, potentially beginning with tomorrow in Detroit. So not only do the starters tonight log a lot of minutes, Andrew Wiggins a little under 41, Steph Curry played a little under 39, Draymond Green 35, Klay Thompson 32, uh, but the Warriors end up in a position where they had a four-point lead with a minute and two to go in regulation, could not hold that lead after coming from 15 down. So the starters play extra minutes in the overtime. They don't get the win, which dips their record to 3-3, three and three, and now they're going to have to potentially play a shorthanded game against Detroit tomorrow on the second of a back-to-back to avoid dipping below 500. So uh, just a, a lot of different issues uh, to talk about in this one. I thought the, the beginning of the game, really the game for the most part, was lost in the first half. It was a really poor effort and focus, I thought, for the Warriors. And it's it was very different. It was more offensive focus, I, I felt, although defensively they give up 34 in the first quarter again and you look at some of the first quarters of late and it's been really bad en route to some of these 70 point first halves that that we've talked about and it winds up being 62 all told for the Hornets in that first half Warriors show some life in the third quarter they outscore the Hornets 33-18 in the frame and then build that lead with just about a minute to go up four, but they can't hold on to it. And then down the stretch, I think they fade offensively and just a number of 
breakdowns in terms of defense and, and coverages and switches and, and communication uh, at the end of regulation and in overtime essentially allowed it to be a layup line for the Hornets in the overtime, and they're able to to roll to the victory 120-113. to 113. So 888-957-9570 as we react to this one. Warriors now at 3-3. Three and three. Another poor shooting game for Clay Thompson. 5 of 14 overall. 1 of 7 from 3-point range. Steph Curry in uh, his return home. Uh, rough one for him shooting the basketball from 3. Uh, did have command of the game and score 31 points for the fifth time in, in six games here, but three of 13 from three, and the Warriors shot under 30% from three. So 13 makes out of 44 attempts, and that made the Warriors vulnerable in this one, although they did outmake the Hornets from three, 13 to 10. Uh, another night where the Warriors defensively, we talk about the communication breakdowns, but also uh, a lot of fouling uh, for the Warriors that put the Hornets on the free throw line, which allowed easy points and free points for Charlotte uh, throughout stretches of, of this game. So the focus, the the effort, not there in the first half. Again, defensively, although they didn't shoot it well, offensively down 62-50. Uh, to 50. Warriors then trailed uh, their largest deficit at 65-50 early in the third before they got it together, finished the third quarter strong, and, and wound up, ahead by three going to the fourth quarter, but the Hornets would quickly get the lead. It would go back and forth uh, down the stretch, and it looked like the Warriors were, were going to have a shot to end this thing uh, as Jordan Poole missed a three with Kelly Oubre on him. Draymond had a steal. Curry hit Draymond, who then hit Wiggins for a dunk, and at that point it looked like, all right, one more stop, one more score, and the Warriors are going to find a way to escape Charlotte, get the win, improve to 4-2, and two, take your chances tomorrow, and then everybody will meet up again in Miami on Tuesday. Uh, work in progress, still very much the case, but an opportunity for this team to, to catch their breath a little bit and, and continue to fight. This is the first type of game, first loss of the year, where I think there are some compounding circumstances. Oh, by the way, hadn't mentioned this, but it looked like Jordan Poole rolled his ankle late in the overtime. He went to the locker room in the closing seconds. No update from Steve Kerr postgame. We'll hear the full Steve Kerr postgame press conference here coming up between now and 8 o'clock on 95.7 the game. Uh, so the Warriors were potentially going to rely a lot on Jordan Poole tomorrow in Detroit. And now we'll have to see if the Warriors, depending upon the, this ankle tweak, is it is it a big deal? Is it nothing? But Maybe they don't even have Jordan Poole tomorrow in, in Detroit as they look to go shorthanded and, and try and bounce back, but also get some of the veteran players uh, a little bit of rest. So 888-957-9570, that is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, thought in the first half, the bench actually gave the Warriors a little bit of life when they when they were down. Ty Jerome did not play well in the second half, I thought, in a couple of minutes. Did play well in the first half. I thought Moses Moody played well tonight. But the Warriors, uh, Jermichael Green, I thought he was solid uh, as well uh, it, off the bench. Wiseman and Kaminga were terrible uh, and, and so bad that Steve Kerr went away from them. It turned into a small ball game in the second half, but tonight was the first night where I think you could say James Wiseman complete non-factor in a game that the Warriors really wanted to get. Four minutes for James Wiseman. Four minutes and 44 seconds. 0 of 2, I think, safe to say his worst game. Uh, he got in foul trouble as well, 
and Jonathan Kaminga was able to uh, Jonathan Kaminga was able to to come in and play a little bit of five. It didn't matter. It was more Kaminga at the four and the five. But uh, again, nothing to see here for Kaminga, uh, in in just kind of a just enigmatic three minutes of action uh, in this one. But yeah, bench held it together and actually gave the Warriors an opportunity to close the first half strong, and then the starters came back in the game in the late second quarter and allowed Charlotte to to push the lead right back up to a point where they were ahead by 12 and it wasn't until the third quarter that that the Warriors really woke up and showed some life and showed some aggression and showed some passion and showed some flow uh, offensively the defense and offense being connected in the game Uh, third quarter defense much better Curry got going from three Clay Thompson and and Steph didn't hit a three in the first half it was a 14 to 4 run uh, that turned into the 33 to 18 quarter for the Warriors again to lead by three going to the fourth, but uh, down the stretch, uh, just not enough stops and and not enough finishing possessions uh, offensively for the Warriors. They let Dennis Smith get rolling for a couple of key buckets. Uh, they let P.J. Washington have uh, a big game, 31 points, and, and attacking the, the the basket. And even though Charlotte wasn't shooting the three ball well, uh, guys were able to, to get to the basket. Gordon Hayward with the mid-range game and, and getting to the free throw line, and, and the Hornets able to out-hit the Warriors from the free throw line they outscored them by 12 from the free throw line in a game that they they ultimately uh, win by seven so eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero that is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text we'll hear from Steve Kerr Warriors lose this one 120 to 113 and 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 I'll be honest I think this is the first this is the first game that, or the first game that probably alarms me the most among the now six that the Warriors have played. Uh, you know, Denver game two at home, Nuggets coming off a, a bad loss in in Utah, Warriors coming off a win, Nuggets a very good team trying to set a tone, and that's where the Warriors got into the the bad defensive habits. Sacramento looked like the Warriors could felt like they could outscore them and win that game just kind of going up and down. For the most part, they could. The Kings got back in it. Warriors got a little lucky, I think, late when Steve Kerr had to go back to the starters. Phoenix, first road game, and the Suns had a little something for the Warriors. The defense, again, not locked in, and the Warriors finding a way against a, a, a limited offensive team by comparison to the previous three against Miami to, to get the job done. I thought the, the Miami game might have been the closest thing to a complete game for the Warriors. I throw the Laker game out just because the Lakers stink right now. And uh, by the way, Sacramento got a win this afternoon. So the Lakers are now the, the final winless team in the NBA. So I, I don't put a lot of stock in, in the Warriors thumping them considering the fact that they've been the worst team in the NBA for the first couple of weeks of the season. But the Warriors were able to get a, a little bit of traction, I thought, against Miami. And tonight they just looked they just looked lethargic. They looked not into it in, in the first half. And they are going to continue to battle something that we've discussed a lot on this program and a lot on Warriors this week earlier today when Whitey Gleason joined me. It's it's what I call the selective engagement. It, it's it's the get up for everybody's best effort. It it's the you know, and at some point you can say, hey, there's just gonna be fewer games where the Warriors have it because of the championship hangover, because of the fact that maybe this team on paper isn't as deep as we all expected them to be. But regardless of, of what you think it is, 
it's at a point where at some point the Warriors have to clamp down and focus and put themselves in position to win some of these games in the regular season to where they don't dip to the bottom half of the bracket in the Western Conference. And it's early, and there's a long way to go, but it's never too early, really, to to take at least a little bit of a look at the standings. And in the Western Conference, I'm not worried about Portland being 5-1, and one, Phoenix is 4-1, and one, Memphis is 4-1. and one. Now, those two teams you'd figure to be there, but you don't want to fall into a scenario where you are playing – to avoid the play-in tournament, or you're a five or a six seed, and and nobody's going to count the Warriors out, uh, even if they were a five or a six seed, if they were healthy, but you don't want to play that game, and and the Warriors really avoided that because they got off to such a great start last year, avoided having to be in that conversation where it it looked like they were in danger until the very end of the season when they were kind of hanging on a little bit to, to fall out of that top four. They were basically one, two, or three for the entire season, and really one or two for the entire first half of the season. They dipped to three late, uh, or in the second half, Memphis passed them, and they really held on to three for for the remainder of the season. Almost dipped to four there with a couple of tiebreakers and got a couple of key wins down the stretch to avoid it. But you know, this is the kind of game where if there's too many of these. You know, forget about Denver, forget about some of these other games at Phoenix. Like Those are the games that you're probably going to lose against good teams, you know, top five, top six teams in, in the Western Conference. But, but when you're losing games at Charlotte, with Charlotte down, uh, LaMelo Ball, with, with Charlotte you know, struggling uh, to the tune that they did last night in Orlando where they were down 30 going to the fourth quarter, and wind up you know, making that game cosmetically an ugly 20-point blowout. And I know the Hornets had been a pretty good offensive team minus that game, but at some point you got to pick off some of these games against the middling to the mediocre in, in the Eastern Conference and pick off a good chunk of them if you are going to avoid being in that conversation where you're at the bottom of the, uh, of the Western Conference and at, at least the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff picture. Nope, nobody's thinking the Warriors are going to get to the bottom of the Western Conference, but you don't want to be five, you don't want to be six, you don't want to be in the you know, seven, eight play-in range because that's where you put yourself really in danger of – not giving yourself the best opportunity to compete and, and contend for uh, an NBA championship, which, of course, is, is the ultimate goal. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game as the Warriors fall to the Hornets 120-113. to So Golden State now 3-3. Three and three on the season as the Warriors will be in Detroit tomorrow. Again, no update on Jordan Poole, who it looked like rolled an ankle late, went to the locker room in overtime, and Steve Kerr did not have an update on who would be, if anybody, resting uh, for the game tomorrow night in Detroit. But I think when you look at Curry playing 38 minutes, Clay Thompson don't foresee him playing back-to-backs at any point in the near future. Draymond Green, 35 minutes as he ramps up close to his normal uh, total. I think Steve Kerr went for this one a little bit. Curry came back with 8.30 to go in, in the game, and I, I think Steve Kerr was was knowing that this was going to be a, a game tomorrow where he'd have the option to rest players. He 
added a couple of minutes to the total down the stretch, and then after he added minutes to the total down the stretch, the game wound up going into overtime. So that added e- even a few more minutes uh, down the stretch as, as well. And so the Warriors now, if it wasn't a lock at that point, for tomorrow that these guys were going to get some time and some rest. I think it became a lock with the game ultimately going to overtime and Steph and Clay and Draymond having to chase that one all the way to the end. It's unfortunate, though, where you lose that game and now you probably won't have your main guys in Detroit tomorrow and now you're going to have to win that game without them to avoid dipping below 500 before you go to Miami. So it's the first little checkpoint I feel like in the season where the Warriors can get behind a little bit of a, a mini eight ball that they're going to have to to come out of uh, at, at some point. So uh, all that said, uh, the defense has got to be better. The offensive flow has got to be a little bit more consistent. And again, while the bench was not the main reason that the Warriors uh, struggled tonight. Jordan Poole, nice game for him. I think it was probably his best two-way game of the season, scoring the ball and also playing a you know, pretty good defense. The Warriors are also not as deep still as I think people thought they were uh, coming into this season, and that's just as evidenced by the trust or lack thereof for Wiseman and, and Kaminga, and Wiseman in particular, rough first-half minutes defensively and fouling and and getting uh you know having you know guys take it to him uh in, in the post like like Nick Richards did tonight just just kind of trucking them and bulldozing them and and manhandling them a, a little bit uh just just you know putting him uh just showing him that he's got a ways to go in terms of NBA strength and and having a, an NBA body and playing forcefully uh, in the NBA. It was c- kind of a, a learning experience, I felt like, for James Wiseman tonight as far as how to grow up uh, in the league and, and showing that while offensively at times he's been pretty solid, he's still got a very, very, very long way to go. And there's almost two scoreboards, as we've talked about. There's the scoreboard of young players trying to develop in the context of a regular season for their careers – moving forward, but there's also the scoreboard of how many of these guys can play in the playoffs and how many guys would be playable in the playoffs. And I think, you know, James Wiseman to this point, Jonathan Kaminga to this point, and there's a long way to go, would not be trustable playoff players by by any stretch of, of the imagination. And that's defensively and offensively uh, at this stage as the Warriors sit now 3-3 three and three here in the early going of the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, the 650 on the Xfinity mobile text line. Uh, here, start of the fourth quarter rotation, four minutes, two points, unacceptable. I don't know if you blame Kerr for that rotation or the guys, just bad. I'm not sure what Steve Kerr's supposed to do to be honest, and the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was Ty Jerome with Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jamichael Green, and and Kavon Looney, and I think Wiggins had been with that group lately, but because the Warriors were rolling in the third, Kerr left Wiggins in the game longer than he had been doing in the first and third quarters. He'd been taking Wiggins out a little bit earlier to bring Wiggins back at the top of the fourth quarter. He didn't do that tonight, left Wiggins out there longer, which meant Wiggins was not going to be at the start of the fourth quarter lineup for the Warriors in this one. So 
that left the Warriors down a scoring threat with that group on the floor. I think maybe he felt comfortable in trying to buy it a couple of minutes because Ty Jerome had played better in the first half and knocked down a couple of shots in the first half. But yeah, Jerome, Poole, Moody, Jamichael Green, and Looney at the beginning of the fourth, that was tough. And that was an opportunity while the Warriors had gotten back into the game because of the way that the starters had played in the third quarter. There was a little bit of a give back there at the beginning of the fourth quarter that it allowed the game to just kind of hang and, and Charlotte, frankly, to be able to, to get a lead uh, from three down to, to up 94-88 and then 95-89 before they went to the hack of Plumlee and Jordan Poole got going a, a little bit. Steph Curry hit a three uh, once he came back in with, with 8.30 to go. But yeah, the, it, I, I don't know what Steve Kerr's supposed to do. He, he, he wasn't going to play Wiseman or Kaminga and he had played the starters a little bit longer. I think what it, what it boils down to, 6-5-0, and I appreciate the text, is the fact that the Warriors are not as deep and as talented as I think we were led to believe going into the season. <laughs> I mean, I, the one that I keep coming back to, and I chuckle now because it, it was such a it was such an off base quote was when Steve Kerr compared the Warriors bench to the 2014 NBA champions Warriors bench. Like, uh, but they're just a little bit younger. Yeah, they're just a little bit younger and a hell of a lot less experienced and and. It, not even close to as dynamic. I mean, that bench had pros up and down uh, the the group that could do different things, that could impact the game offensively, impact the game defensively, impact the game in terms of their basketball IQ. When you look at guys like Livingston and you look at players like Iguodala, who was good enough to be a starter at that point. So uh, anytime that that bench group struggles, you, know, you can't play the starters the whole night. And I thought Steve Kerr tried to play the starters the whole night, at least as much as he could, but it still bit him there at the beginning of the fourth quarter after the big comeback. But that is, in essence, the interest. Uh, you know, you you buy extra time with your credit card, playing the starters deeper in the third quarter. You got to pay a little bit of it back in the fourth quarter. And I I thought he got Curry back in with eight thirty to go. Probably doesn't do that in normal circumstances if he was going to be playing tomorrow night, but I think he knew Curry's probably not going to be playing tomorrow night, and others are probably not playing tomorrow night, so he rolled the dice. They rolled the dice, and it wound up not working. So 888-957-9570. We'll go ahead and pause here. We'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. Uh, more phone calls, more texts. Hornets beat the Warriors 120-113 to 113 here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hayward locked up by Wiggins. Feeds Washington. Stolen by Draymond. He picked his pocket. Draymond on the break. Stops. Hands off to Curry. Curry waits. Curry off the screen, though. Gets middle. Bounce pass to Draymond. Hand off Wiggins. Flies in. A two-hand slam. And it's 107-103. 62 seconds to go. The Warriors explode off their bench, and the Hornets call time. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 The Game. That was the moment where it looked like the Warriors had done enough to pull the rabbit out of the hat and finish off the Hornets. 107-103, 102 to go at that point. John Dickinson back with you here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. But P.J. Washington got a layup. Curry then missed a three. And Dennis Smith tied it at 107. One final possession for the Warriors. Curry uh, with a miss to, to send it into overtime, blanketed defensively at that point to 107 apiece, and the Warriors go on to get outscored in the OT session 13-6. to But, yeah, that's uh, just tough sequence for the Warriors. And then in overtime, uh, a lot of defensive breakdowns on, on pick and roll and, and communication on who's supposed to be where, switching, and – you add it all up, and it was essentially a layup line or, or a trip to the free throw line for the Hornets uh, in the overtime session, and they win it by seven. All right, 888-957-9570. Uh, phone lines are open to react to this one uh, as the Warriors dip now to three and three. Let's uh, go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media in Charlotte following this one. I think we were tired. Um... You know, we had uh, some really poor defensive uh, possessions, uh, not communicating on switches, gave up a couple layups, and uh, and just didn't didn't have much left in the tank um, offensively. So, give credit to uh, to Charlotte. I thought they did a great job coming back in that final minute. You know, we we had to close the game there, and we just couldn't get it done. And uh, and they were um, the the aggressor in overtime. Uh, well, it's a very slow start, obviously, down 12 at half. Um, you know, these games are always difficult when you fly across the country, and it, it takes a little while to get, get your bearings. And I thought we got our bearings in the third quarter. Our guys really fought and competed and um, did a great job of uh, seizing control of the game. And uh, But too many mistakes, particularly uh, defensively with our communication. And so that's what we've got to clean up. And it was just a couple minutes after the game now that Jordan looked like he made tweaks and then go limped off the court. Have you gotten a chance to? No. Very high minute totals tonight, especially with OT. You may have planned the rest guys tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to talk to the performance staff um, right now, and we'll see how it affects tomorrow. Uh, and then Ross, what do you think? I mean, Draymond kind of dragged you guys down to Yeah. Not even just that sequence, but what do you think about what he's doing? Draymond's been playing great. Um, he's, you know, he's the best defensive player in the world. And offensively, uh, particularly when we go small, he causes all kinds of havoc in the pick and roll game. And uh, you saw that down the stretch. He and Steph connected. He and Jordan connected a couple of times. Um, we just, you know, we just needed one more bucket uh, down the stretch, and we we couldn't get it. Talk about defense and the like, communication or not enough 
It's on us. It's on us as a staff. It's on the players. Uh, it's on our group. Uh, this is our team. So we've we've got to work on it in practice, and we've got to trust each other in games. That was four to eight at halftime. Much more active uh, second half. What was well, we played uh, a small lineup for much of the second half. Um, you know, they were doing a great job of clogging the paint um, uh, for the first half and the first few minutes of the third quarter. So we went to a smaller lineup and spread them out, and that gave Steph some more room to, uh, to operate. Uh, Ty was great. You know, um, what I like about Ty is, you know, we talk about 0.5 basketball all the time. The ball has to move. Um, it can't be catch and hold and, um, you know, penetrate, uh, kick it and swing it. And you're going to have wide open shots. And he got us open shots immediately when he went out there and uh, the, the game started to flow. And then, of course, he knocked down a few shots himself, too. So he gave us good minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the third quarter, we we definitely um, found something uh, motivationally. Um, finally got some traction in the game and uh, Steph and Draymond really led the charge. Um, Jordan picked it up and, you know, with a, there was, there was emotion there because we were finally uh, playing our game. No, you know, down the stretch, we ran two, two straight uh, pick and rolls with Draymond. Um, the last one, Clay came in and tried to be a decoy and, and slip out. Um, but I thought Dennis Smith Jr. was uh, a real key to the game tonight. He hit a couple of big threes. Um, his defense was um, was really um, impressive all game. He, you know, Steph got his points, but uh, Dennis made him work. And and uh, the last two possessions, um, you know, they switched on the first one, and Steph took the three over uh, P.J. Washington. The second one, uh, Smith – Stayed home and and made uh, Steph take a tough shot, so he did a really good job. You talked about the nice slow starts before, and it's somewhat of a historical trend. But you know, to get that sound, what do you see that he's making his offensive life difficult right now? Just got to get his legs underneath him. You know, he's uh, he only had one exhibition game, so under normal circumstances, this would. You know, this would kind of be the end of exhibition season for him. And uh, so he's just got to got to stay with it. And uh, and he's going to be fine. You know, last year when he came back uh, from the injury, you know, people talk about, well, he wasn't the same guy, whatever. He had six games where he had 30 or more. He was great in the playoffs. Like Steph was, I mean, uh, Clay was incredible. Now he had some tough, tough shooting nights, but Clay was amazing down the stretch and you know once he got his legs underneath him he had some huge games and I think in the playoffs he shot 39 percent from three if I'm not mistaken so it's all going to come he just needs to get his legs underneath he didn't go back to James after the first half like he, he mostly seemed like he was trying to small but he was uh just felt like a game where we needed to uh stick with our vets to to try to make that comeback and and um Playing small was uh, the um, the way we got back in things. So we've we flip flopped Draymond and uh, Loon at the five and and stayed small.
and playing small did work effectively getting the Warriors back in the game, although at times, and the Xfinity Mobile text line had mentioned this at a couple of different points here, including the, the 415, JD, the Warriors looked small, soft, and slow on the boards, didn't match the Hornets' physicality all night, back to being a small team when Wiseman is not on the court. Well, they were a small team with Wiseman on the court tonight because Wiseman played small uh, in this one and then got uh, a couple of fouls and had to be taken out of the game. And and Steve Kerr went to Kaminga for a a short stretch at at the 5 or 4-5 combination uh, with with him and and Jermichael Green. So uh, the Warriors, tonight was the first night where because of the bench issues – and I know there's been all these defensive issues, but because of the bench issues, and we'll see what happens when they get Dante DiVincenzo healthy. We'll see how much Iguodala is going to play. I don't think Iguodala is going to play very much at all in, in the regular season. But the one area where I could see the Warriors needing to maybe add, and they do have the 15th roster spot open right now, only 14 plus the, the two two-way players. So they have one roster spot open for either a a trade or a a buyout uh, market player come the spring, I wonder, as you start to evaluate how much James Wiseman can play in a playoff series, and right now I think it would be very little, if if any, playing time at all. And, of course, the Warriors are hoping that that can can get better. I wonder if the Warriors are going to have to go out and add a big man between now and and the time that the playoffs start. A a rotation-trusted backup big man that could maybe play some four or some five, combination of the both that winds up out on the the free agent market. And again, not to take away from the development of Wiseman and, and him needing to play, but thinking more in the context of can a guy play in the playoffs? Because right now, and I said it in the first segment, Kaminga and Wiseman wouldn't play a lick in a meaningful game. And and if they did, it would be three, four minutes in the first half, kind of like tonight, and then that would be it. I just wonder if this Warriors team, if those guys are not going to play, is deep enough, top to bottom in other areas, to have enough options in, in the playoff. Like, you know, DiVincenzo and Jamichael Green – are going to be playing in the playoffs. I think Moses Moody's probably going to work his way into being you know, a playoff caliber player. you got Iguodala in the mix, and maybe that's enough, but I, I wonder if they're going to need one more big man. Again, not to get through the regular season. Regular season, you can play small. Regular season, you can play Draymond at five-some. You can play pool in the closing lineup, as the Warriors did tonight, and you can win games doing that. In the playoffs, though, I do think you're going to have to have another – another club in the bag, so to speak. And again, I'm not writing anybody off right now. It's October 29th. There's five and a half months before the playoffs. But one thing I would keep in mind as we get closer to the end of the year and on into 2023 and then eventually into the spring is do the Warriors have enough depth in terms of playoff trusted type players, that's where I do think there is a question. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Ricky is up next here on ninety five seven the game. Hey Ricky on the phone line, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's going on, Ricky? Hey John, how you doing, buddy? Good man. Um that's good, man. I'm just here to talk about the game, man. I'm really disappointed. I know they didn't give up seventy points in the first half. They gave up I think sixty two. That's a lineman still. That's a lot of points for one half, man. And um, I believe, I, and I think 
what they're doing now is they're attacking the three guards, man, on every team that's playing the Warriors. They're attacking Curry, they're attacking Thompson, they're attacking even Wiggins. I think you, you can see that since the Denver game. And I think teams just been running with that lately, man. And um, that's why at all the points, a lot of these have been giving up a lot of points. And defense have been playing pretty bad, man. And um, and with Clay, man, um, he was off a bad, another bad game. You know, um, I thought you know he he would build off the last game. It didn't work that way. He didn't. I think he only shot the ball like twice in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, come on, you know, you don't allow Clay Thompson to shoot the ball only twice. And then I think one time in the in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. It's a rough night overall, well, man. Um, hmm? Yeah, no, and it look if I think Clay was showing some restraint, Ricky, to be honest, because he wasn't hitting, and I think at times Clay gets caught up in the the unabashed confidence and thanks for the call that he's going to just keep shooting it, and I think tonight he he decided not to do that. The ball didn't find him as much, and I didn't necessarily think it was a bad thing. To be honest, because Poole had it going, and and Curry was doing his thing, although he didn't shoot it well from three. I mean, tonight's a night where you wish he would have got a little more from Wiggins offensively. Uh, you know, four of thirteen, he didn't shoot it well either. You know, so much of Wiggins on the nights where he plays effectively offensively is sure attacking, but also making the three ball. And he was two for six tonight, uh, but only ten points and didn't get to the free throw line. So tonight was one of those nights where you know Clay didn't have it. But Draymond was doing his thing. Looney actually got you 10 and 9 and even 4 assists for the time that he was out on the court. You got a little bit from Moody. You got a little bit from Ty Jerome. But tonight would have been the night where you get 20 from Wiggins. Hell, you even get 18 from Wiggins. And you might have enough when you take the game over in the second half and down the stretch to where your lead's a little bit more than 4 and Charlotte can't come back with a couple of possessions in the final minute to tie it, send it to overtime. And, and listening to Steve Kerr there, it sure as heck sounded like Steve Kerr didn't think the Warriors had much of a chance if the game got to overtime, saying, uh, and I'm paraphrasing what he said in the postgame press conference, we needed to end it right there uh, when they were up four with with a minute and two to go. So it sounded like he knew they were, they were gassed, and if it got to overtime, they were going to have a difficult time finishing it with a lot of those regulars being pushed beyond the limit as far as their minutes. Uh, in in the first couple of weeks of of, of the season, so eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green as he met with the media. Man, Draymond has been terrific to open the season. Talk about a dude playing for uh, an opt out. You know, it, it, it's a. I keep saying it. I'm gonna say it all year. It's a contract year for Draymond. No, nobody else may look at it that way, but he looks at it that way because he wants to play well enough to be able to opt out of his contract and make the Warriors make some kind of a decision and give himself the utmost of options. And he's playing terrific basketball, really on both sides of the ball. Uh, aggressive offensively and attacking the rim, playing his usual uh, excellent defense. And uh, he he met with reporters down in Charlotte after this one. Are these mistakes that they're concerned at all, or are we concerned who you guys are? No, not quite. I think it's just communication issues, uh, and and that's something I know we're capable of correcting. So it's not quite something that I'm overly concerned about, but we can't keep talking about we need to do it either. So six games in, they're going to overreact, but we also got to build good habits. At times we're doing that, and at times we're not. So we just need to be more consistent with it. Following up on that, in terms of, I don't want to say timeline, but for lack of a better word, six games in, it's still early in the season. 
when does it become not early in the season, though, where maybe it's not just communication, but other issues, it's, it's not early where we do have to think about there's like game number X. Uh, I don't I don't quite know if it comes down like that, but I think we'll all, you know, we all have a sense of it. And saying that, we're sitting here in game six, and I personally feel like it's too long. Uh, you know, because like I said, you want to build good habits. And so I don't think anybody's going to be willing to wait much longer and say, all right, we'll get there. Like, no, we're, we, we know what it takes to win a championship. We know the, the habits that has to be built um, in order to compete for a championship. And so we hopefully sooner rather than later. What did you see in those James Watson? I don't know. I feel like an eternity ago. <laughs> I have to go back and watch. I usually can remember every play during the game, but that feels like it was a year ago. So I'm going to have to go back and watch the film on that one. I did think uh, I do remember one specific play, you know, where we were talking about his positioning on the defensive end and, you know, that's something that I'm going to stay on him about because I think if he can figure that out, he's going to be elite. So uh, for me, that's kind of what I'm watching with him. It's just his defensive positioning. And I thought um, <clears throat> there were a couple of times where he was better. And I thought there were a couple of times where he can improve. So for me, that's kind of what I want to take up on myself is just to help him improve that. So that's kind of all I was really watching. Yeah. Your, your two biggest runs tonight were a small pool of the game. Five. A lot of it was pick and roll. How much... Are you, or what are you seeing with that lineup overall? What does that do for you offensively? But it is those four out of the nine. I mean, offensively really puts me in a position to do what I do best, which is playmate. You know, if me and Steph are in action and that's, you know, surrounded with Clay, uh, JP, and Wiggs, uh, all three guys can shoot the ball. Uh, very well, extremely well. Wiggs more so than JP and, and Clay cutting uh, on that backside. You know, so I, I really like it. You know, for me, it's playmakers heaven, uh, where you got guys like that that can score the ball and you're just able to find them. Uh, but, you know, that def that that uh, lineup does pose its challenges as well. You know, and so I think, you know, for, for that lineup to be great, I have to rebound better. And it's going to require our guards and, and wings to rebound as well. Steph has been doing an incredible job rebounding. Um, Wiggs has been doing a really good job rebounding. So we just got to keep taking that up couple notches for that lineup to succeed. I bet you Uh yeah, I, I do anticipate it. It's my plan, quite frankly. You know, I've said it before, I'm not gonna really fight uh with our group, try to listen to them as they know what's best, but my plan is to play. You've had strip the attorney for the for I guess how good do you feel in those moments? I mean, that was kind of like, you know, they just have a search, you know, game breaking defensive plays. And then is it, does that make it more deflating because you kind of pull the I think we were up forward a minute to go. We'd never lose those games. You know, like, that's where you, like, we don't need to score another point. Except, of course, unless they're, they foul. And we got to knock our free throws down, which I missed two, by the way. But we don't, we don't lose games when we hold leads late like that. So, um, not deflating from a, oh, man, those defensive plays were wasted standpoint, just deflating from a standpoint of I can't – I can probably recall on one hand over the last eight years the amount of games that we've lost up for with a minute to go. Uh, and so it is deflating from that standpoint, but not from not from a personal standpoint for the defensive plays. I, I'll make those again. But we can't lose a game 
leading by four with a minute to go. That's also a team without their two starting guards. And Dennis Smith was incredible. Got to give a lot of credit to Dennis Smith. You know, a guy who just earned his way in training camp and or maybe not even training camp, some workouts or something over the summer. And he came in and he controlled the game for them. Uh, he was really good defensively, shot the ball well. So you got to give a lot of credit to him, uh, <clears throat> you know, and battling back in the year that he's having is obviously early, but he's playing really well. So you got to give him a lot of credit. But in saying that, they're still missing our two starting guards. And we got to sit down and get stops in that point in the game. So that's what's frustrating about it, not necessarily the couple plays that I made not materializing into a win. All right, so Draymond Green there putting it more on the defense and saying uh, the positioning on the defensive end for James Wiseman has been a a big component of of this thing and unusual for the Warriors up – four with a minute to go to to lose a game like that I think I think he's he's right on the money uh, as far as that goes although it has happened a little bit more frequently in the last couple of years where the Warriors have have lost some leads uh, that historically they they wouldn't have lost Uh, and you know the other part I wanted to comment on here was you know nobody's questioning whether the Warriors know or have what it takes ultimately to win an NBA championship like that's that's not the the question. I think the Warriors know what they have to do to win a championship. I th- I think they know how they have to play and and how things have to function for for them to to win a title. My question is more: Can they do enough in the regular season? You know, can, can they figure it out in the regular season enough of the time to where they don't wind up in the bottom half of that playoff bracket? as a five or a six seed or hell battling to stay out of the, out of the play in. And I think tonight is one of those nights where you lose that game with, you know, miles bridges being out and you lose that game with, with LaMelo ball being out for Charlotte. And look, Charlotte has some good players still, but this team just got beat in blowout fashion at Orlando who hadn't won a game last night. And they're on the second of a back to back. Yeah. Coming home. I know the first road trip East can take a little bit of a toll and but at the same time, like to me, this is a game where it doesn't necessarily have to be pretty if you're the Warriors, but you do need to figure out a way to, to get the job done and, and get out of there with a win, especially when you come all the way back from being down 15 and, and then being up four in the, in the final minute. That, that one stings. Draymond did say that he wants to play tomorrow when asked, I think it was Madeline Kenny of, of – uh, the Bay Area News Group had asked about tomorrow. I know Jordan Poole had said that, that he feels he is capable and good to go tomorrow, but the training staff will decide. Anthony Slater had asked Jordan Poole about the ankle injury. So this is going to be interesting because I do think the plan was going to be to rest guys tomorrow, but you had now Draymond and Jordan Poole both say they're, they're, they're square and Draymond wants to play, planning on playing. We'll see ultimately what the, the training staff says. So before we get out of here, let's hear a couple of minutes of Steph Curry back in his hometown and addressing this loss uh, tonight here for the Warriors. I mean, we fought hard in the third quarter to get back in it, back and forth game, uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And then we went on that little mini run to get a four-point lead. Um, I can't remember how they scored before I missed the three. And Dennis Smith scored, and I missed another three. And I'm just thinking about those last two possessions because whether you try to run a play or just give me the ball to go score, I got to do something better with the ball. Um, those 
last two shots. You know, if obviously I make that first one, we're not talking about it. But that last one really, for me, is the one that I can get a way better look than that. Got wrapped up in trying to hero ball my way to a you know hometown buzzer beater type situation. So that's what I'm thinking about, especially, you know, in the first game in a road trip. You know, I was going to come off to a great start, but we gave ourselves enough chances to win. And it's not going to be pretty, but you can always close out a game better than, than, what, than what I did and what we did. It's always fun. I mean, I'm just saying that they obviously understand, you know, who's coming into the building, too, so they don't want to give us, uh, you know, anything easy. And they, you know, especially how last night went for them, knew that they were going to come out aggressive and with a sense of pride, and they, they did that. And then I think the, the flow of the game, 30, was it 31 fouls to 14? That's the ball game right there. That last possession, what particular Understood how Dennis was guarding me the whole game, and he's probably not going to let me, you know, just size up a three. There's so much room to go by and maybe draw a crowd, kick it, or get all the way to the basket. Pretty simple play in that respect, knowing how he is. You know, he's pressuring the ball. He's a really good athlete, good defender, pretty strong on the ball. And I read it all the way wrong. All right, appreciate that. Steph Curry there. Uh, as he set down the stretch, he played hero ball in his in his hometown. Uh, we didn't have the, the audio uh, clip of Anthony Slater asking him a question about tomorrow and the second of the back-to-back. Uh, but Curry did say uh, that on this back-to-back, he liked to play and feels like he's good enough physically to play. So you've got Draymond and Steph uh, both saying that they'd like to play uh, in Detroit tomorrow. We'll see first back-to-back for the Warriors this season, and we'll see if they end up resting some of the veterans. i got to think when that injury report comes out uh, tomorrow morning, heck, maybe even we find out before the end of the night uh, that the Warriors are going to give some of the veterans a night off here uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season. So stay tuned for that, uh, and make sure you keep it locked here on 95.7 The Game tomorrow as we will have Warriors live for you as the Warriors head to Detroit. They take on the Pistons. Whitey Gleason is going to have that one for you beginning at 2 p.m. with Warriors live. And then Tim and Jim will have the call uh, 3 o'clock here uh, on 95.7 the game. And then I'll be back with you after the game on Tuesday as the Warriors are going to take on the Miami Heat for the second time in five days. So thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios from Sterling Bennett on down the line. Appreciate the help of one and all. And uh, I will talk to you Tuesday uh, as the Warriors lose tonight, drop the 3-3, three and three. Hornets beat the Dubs 120-113, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.